0: Access granted. Entering now. Welcome to the Lodge Trip Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Lodge Trip Show. We have a special guest on the show today, Jonathan Van Dam. Today on the show, we will be getting to know the story and life of Major League Fishing pro Jonathan Van Dam. Along with learning about his life as a rock star on the road as a professional bass angler. Throughout this episode, you will get to understand more about a professional angler from within and outside their sport and the hobbies and passions that they enjoy and how they tie it all together on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. Jonathan. Yo. What's going on, man? Hello. <laughs> What's happening? nothing much nothing much welcome to the podcast brother
1: yeah thanks man i appreciate you having me
0: yeah how's your day gone so far
1: uh it has been busy actually um just kind of getting caught up i was gone yesterday so took the took a day and went and did a little um actually kind of a, a fun trip uh, over to wisconsin did some uh went over to Vortex Optics headquarters and did some shooting and some touring. So, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Now, you uh you do some hunting over there in Wisconsin?
1: I didn't do any hunting this time, but I I mean I do I mean I do a lot of hunting in all over the country, so Yeah. Um it was just, you know, they were definitely a brand that I was familiar with, so.
0: Oh yeah. No, there's a I'm a little jealous too because you got the you got the whole Midwest right around there. So I mean, all those especially the whitetails are just absolutely just massive.
1: Yeah, I mean they are. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, I honestly, I've after going to uh, or doing the the Midwest so many times, um, you know, I always at you know, I always kind of at this point I'm like, man, I we gotta go uh gotta i'd rather spend my money to go out west
0: anymore yeah i feel that one yeah i need to uh get you out on the uh, to idaho do a little archery hunt uh during september for elk
1: oh yeah that'd be sweet i
0: was just uh i was telling a couple other guys i was like yeah uh they're like yeah no I've, i've done more rifle hunting and more for like deer and stuff and you know i do the tree tree stand thing and That's one thing that I've, it was was quite interesting when I I went down to uh, Tallahassee and uh, I'm in, when I was doing all the college bass fishing stuff at Florida State and everybody's like, yeah, no, I hunt, I'm in tree stands. I'm like, how did, like, that doesn't even sound as fun as what I'm used to, obviously. I mean, it's just different worlds. I mean, it's still fun either way because it's peaceful. But, uh, you know, and they're like, yeah, so how is it? Like, what's the exact way that you go about, like, uh, hunting? Because if you don't use tree stands, what do you do? And I'm like, it's all spot and stock. Um, it's like you almost feel like you're like your Rambo out there with face paint on and uh, you're just you know chasing after these bulls and bugling after them and uh, you know I was telling him my experience with uh, I shot uh, my first archery bull a smaller six point at eight yards with my bow
1: yeah I mean that's I've never shot a um, a bull with a bow at all but my my first elk hunting experience was kind of like my first trip out west too Mm -hmm. and it was just i mean it was just awesome you know they weren't really bugling very good but um you know something to to me you know because i'm so used to just sitting in a tree standing waiting for one to walk by essentially uh you know because i mean that's how that's definitely how we hunt you know here in the midwest so i mean i guess just the idea of hiking and glassing and spotting stock stalk and stuff like that that whole process was uh you know was very intriguing and very addicting for me you know because you never knew what you'd turn up around the next corner you know yeah. when you're sitting in a tree stand I mean you know what's a lot of times you know kind of like what's in the area and, and aside from the rut or something you know where anything can happen but you know, I always felt like that in, you know, that intriguing part for me going out West was, you know, if I just hike a little farther, look around the next corner, check this next Valley, you know, I don't, you never know what could be over there. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah. No, that's a, that's a thrill of it, man. I mean, it's just a, and that's one thing about most that don't really quite, quite understand with uh, you know, when it comes down to, you know, hunting and just the, the commodity that goes along within the experience. I mean, just, just, you just never know what you're going to get. And it's not, that's why they call it hunting and not killing because it's not, you know, most guys that go out there are not, you know, and you know, with the main goal of just killing something, right. You know, it just has come down to the right. experience of like not knowing what's going to pop up. And that's what keeps you going back every season.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah. Um, so kind of just kind of going into depth about um, you um give a little background to the people that are listening um I know guys are from all diverse worlds uh tapping in here and listening so uh give a little breakdown of, uh, about you
1: yeah so uh I'm from Kalamazoo Michigan uh you know grew up in the outdoor industry um and you know started started my I guess, my fishing career you know as a professional angler um you know fishing pro am tournaments and stuff like that and then eventually moved into some more of the nationwide, you know, travel in the country, um, you know, and I, I fish, fish and bass tournaments. So it's super cool. It's uh, definitely, you know, definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of experiences that I've, I've given in my travels because, you know, most of our travels are all driving and, um, you know, covering water that way. And, and, a lot of met a lot of really cool people and, and uh you know, so I mean now I make a, basically make my my living full time fishing, uh fishing bass tournaments and working, you know, working for sponsors and stuff like that, doing different different things uh, you know, that go along with it.
0: That's awesome. Uh and what kind of got you started into it? I know obviously uh, you know, you lost Aynes Van Dam, so I mean you're it's your Kevin Van Damme's your uncle, correct?
1: yes yep that's exactly
0: yeah. right and so that's kind of like is that kind of like the the role model to you that kind of got you into it to where you were like hey i really want to do this this is going to be like this is what i want to go after
1: uh, he was definitely a, a big part of that you know growing up watching watching him and everything that he accomplished um and, and i was always i mean i've always just uh you know had an addiction for fishing i mean i you know, where I grew up my parents' house and Kevin's house are, uh, you know, less than 300 yards apart. I mean, I can, when I was, you know, I can hit a golf ball from my parents (laughs) to his house. You know what I mean? And I did that a bunch of times, just not, you know, not at his house. Um, but we had a pond back there, you know, kind of between, you know, kind of between the houses. So we had a, I have another set of aunts and uncles that also live on the property. Um, and, so we all had a pond in between us and I was down at that pond every day fishing. And, but I would, I would say, you know, the, the biggest, um, you know, the biggest thing for me was my dad, you know, probably more so than, um, than what Kevin was, as far as an inspiration, you know, my, my dad owns and operates a sporting goods store, uh, in Michigan here. Um, I mean, we've, so we've been in business for over 30 years, just wow. selling fishing and hunt, hunting gear, um, you know, outdoor, outdoor recreation equipment, you know, fishing, hunting, a little bit of camping, um, boating, marine, stuff like that. So, um, but, uh, you know, growing up, I fished a lot of, you know, he fished a lot of tournaments as well. And, you know, everyone always told me as we were, you know, as I was growing up, started getting into some of the local tournaments and stuff like that, that my dad was actually a lot better than what Kevin was, um. Yeah, when they were younger, but, you know, so that was my, you know, kind of my first start in the, into tournaments and into, um, you know, the thing that really sparked my passion was, was my dad. We, we'd go on trips every, you know, every summer, um, since I was, I don't know, I was, you know, pretty young, probably nine, 10 years old. We'd go on a trip every summer, uh, up to Northern Michigan, smallmouth fishing, um, mm-hmm. You know, and then I'd fish some tournaments with them when I got a little bit older. And then as soon as I turned 16, uh, you know, got my driver's license, I was, I was, you know, very fortunate that, um, you know, I was able to have access to a boat. You know, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, just as a Tracker well, Pro Team 175, a small, smaller aluminum boat. Um, you know, but I had access to a boat, and I was, uh, I was on the water any chance I could. I remember um, my baseball coach used to get mad at me. In high school, because I'd show up, uh, you know, especially my senior year. Senior, our seniors got out like two weeks ahead of time, but I still had to go to baseball practice. But so I'd show up <laughs> to baseball practice with a bass boat hooked up to, the, to hooked oh, up to my that's truck because I've been I've been fishing all day.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> no, that, that's funny you say that because it it like makes me reflect back on uh, my high school days where I'm like I I I did the exact same thing where everybody's just like it was this guy with this, uh, aluminum boat, like, uh, cause I used to have like, a hey, exactly what you're saying is nothing crazy. And that's one thing that my, my dad made sure that, you know, I learned the basics and the fundamentals of just fishing, you know, before you end up having the nicest stuff. Cause you got to learn how to take care of, uh, the first, right. Thing, right? You know? And so, uh, yeah, I had yeah. like a John boat all set up and I, I custom made like this like deck on the, on the top. So I like put the, I, I Then I drilled on a troll motor, and uh, it was, like, one of those uh, – um, the, the twist throttle ones, too. So, uh, I had people telling me, like, "You, it looks like this kid's off the Nile River or something. Uh, and yeah. I wasn't sure whether that was, like, a, a – you know, one of those little funny racial jokes or whatever. But it was just kind of, like, a little <laughs> funny feeling. Uh But, yeah, I, I was always late sometimes to, to basketball practice. And my coach would, like, have me run, like, 10 and 55s, uh, which – yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you'd always put the garbage cans – on the corners. Cause you would expect for me to throw up afterwards. But I ended up, I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm willing to run the 10 to 55 just so I can catch that extra bass and be a little late.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So you played, you played baseball then too, huh?
1: I played a lot of sports, um, uh, growing up actually. Um, I still, I still like to uh, play a lot of sports now. Now I'm, I'm getting a little older. So, and uh but i still like to stay you know as active as possible and keep in shape and and uh you know so i play still play um you know now it's it's slow pitch softball league and not a uh (laughs) you know it's not full-blown baseball but um you know i uh i golf a lot go walk 18 holes or something like that and and, um so i i do that quite a bit but i mean well for the most part, i just You know, I don't have a ton of time to do all that stuff, but um, I still try to as much as I can.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, one thing that became pretty good friends with a lot of uh, the Major League Baseball guys and everything else. And it's amazing when you look look at it, and maybe I've told you this too, but um, with how much of a passion they share with, like, the guys in the outdoors and, like, within, like, just the fishing and hunting, it's crazy because I'm like – I look around and I'm like – most of them, I swear, it's like they some, – some people say it's like 50-50. 50% of them, if they're not playing baseball, they're most likely golfing. And then the other 50% is most likely hunting and fishing. But I almost think it's like a 70 to 80% uh, within the Major League Baseball that actually like to fish and hunt. It's crazy.
1: I, I would agree with that, too. I mean, and it's, it's very similar in, in the NFL as well, too. You know, there's yeah. a lot of guys um, – you know current and former football players that love to fish um, and you know, like you said, like you look at some of the guys now like um you know we're looking at you know chipper Jones like Tombo Martin, and some of those older baseball players that you know they now have hunting shows, you know yeah. so they i mean they have you know full long t v shows now <laughs> that they that they hunt and they fish and and um you, you know so it's just it's pretty wild like how impactful uh the outdoors is you know specifically in the hunting and fishing as far as you know when it comes to people's lifestyles
0: yeah no that's true and it kind of reminds me too of um talking to cash daniels um you know just to get his perspective on everything it it really makes sense to where you know to give these guys an outlet to something that it has more substance i mean really the one word keyword that sticks within my head is substance because the thing is, is that everybody's looking for it. And especially with fulfillment, things that they can be able to tie themselves to outside of their own sport is probably the one thing that money cannot, I mean, money can buy the, you know, the nice bow and the boat and everything else. But the thing is, is that it's not even about the materialistic things. It's only just about being out there and being able to, you know, you guys are like within the fishing world and other sports and outdoors. I mean, it's just open arms, man. I mean, you guys, you guys are just, good down to earth people and you're willing to at least, you know, bring more people into the sport and to show them a different, you know, world that they're not used to. And that's one thing that they can always count on. And so that's the part where I've always wanted, I really want to do these, these podcasts, just because it's just, I feel like, you know, there, there could be more guys um, that could come over on that route, you know, and, and actually, you know, experience what, what there is more to their own sport.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would, definitely agree with that statement you know it is a um you know our sport is wild because we're all just kind of you know i always say like hey i'm you know i because it's crazy to me to make that i make my living driving around the country chasing or, you know chasing around a little fish you know <laughs> i mean arguably speaking a bass is i, can't, it's what, I mean i'm a smaller side of most game fish you know but it's also the most commonly found one you know so it's in every i'm not every state i think 47 of them i think i think maybe alaska and hawaii might be and then there might be one other one that didn't doesn't have bass but i think for the most part most of them do but the crazy thing to me is just just the addiction to getting that bite and fighting that fish what it does to you as far as, you know, and then the amount of just the amount of joy, something that simple can bring, yeah, which is, you know, which is wild. And then, you know, as well as, you know, like you said, just it, you know, it unites you with other people that, that also enjoy the same activities, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is that our world is, you know, just listening to even other podcasts and stuff and you hear it being divisive of just like where, you know, people are starting to divide and to not come together. And I think that the one thing that still keeps hope of not separating people and having segregation between people and their own views and where then you could take all politics out of it. You take all religion out of it. You take all of, you know, what you're, you know, whether you're, you're, whatever like your ethnicity is too it doesn't matter like nothing ever matters that's the thing that's cool about the outdoors is like. you're around every makeshift and model but nobody cares about like what your viewpoint is on anything they just they they just want to be out there man and that's one cool part about what that provides and the thing is is like you know and I've introduced guys over on the side of things. And, you know, this is something that I've been built on. And so, you know, to be able to share that with people around me, I mean, the thing is, it's like, that's fulfillment for me because I don't want to, if I go out bass fishing by myself, it's not like, I already know what to expect, you know? And that's one thing is, but if you bring somebody else with you or two or three guys uh, from different worlds, uh, it, that's where you feel like better about that. Like you feel like you're not being as selfish. Like you feel like you're being able to give them something that they can share to their own kids. And when they introduce it to their kids, it's almost just like an epidemic at that point. I mean, everybody starts doing it and then they're like, Hey, thanks for showing me this man. Like I'm going to show my kids how to do this. And next thing you know, it's like, then the dad gets like extra bounty points because then the son just like totally looks up to him because he like, you know, he's going to thank him for teaching him how to fish. And then you, you have no idea of like, where that even takes you. And that's why I tell every single professional bass angler and guys that are just even in high school fishing, college fishing. Cause I was doing all the college fishing stuff and traveling across the country about 14 times from West coast to East coast and East coast to West throughout college. <laughs> right. but, oh yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I, I look back on it and I didn't know what I, I mean, I knew what I was going after, but I didn't realize how much it was going to be able to, you know, bring benefit, you know, to my life after college fishing to where I didn't want to go professional yet. I didn't want to go professional in fishing yet. I wanted to be able to actually do something and create a brand, create multiple brands to be able to get back to all the communities I was built on. But the thing is, it's like you don't realize that you have a story to tell and all the experiences of you going in every square inch of this country, chasing green fish around and brown fish, but, you know, and, and to be able to just, you know, have something of substance to tell people and be like, Hey, I did this, you know, and that's one thing that's cool about it and to be able to just take that skill set and the things you learn and to be able to help others around you.
1: Oh, yeah, there's no – I mean, hands down, you know, without question, that is a is something that is, uh, you know, just remarkable about our sport. You know, I say it all the time when I'm in uh, – you know, like I've gotten to see things and see places, you know, because of the outdoors that some people might never see. You know, and and to me, like, I I feel bad for, for them that they w- they won't get to experience that. You know what I mean? Because there'll be, I mean, there'll be people like if, I mean, I've been, you know, out in New Mexico hiking a mountain for elk and you're watching the sunset come down over the mountains. And you're like, man, <laughs> you know, this is, this is just incredible, you know, and like even, you know, I'm driving, like you said, driving from one end of this country to the other you just you see places and and you meet people that you might never, you know, that you, I mean I, you say might not have, never but you you wouldn't have gotten to if you, if it wasn't for that, you know. So I mean that's one of the one of the things that I think about a lot, you know. I mean it's just like it's it's really um really cool and I feel very fortunate to be able to do what I do and to be able to have some of those experiences that uh, you know, that I know that, you know, that some people, you know, that's not that they don't have the opportunity to do it. They just, you know, they don't realize what's out there, you know, yeah. and more than anything, I, th- I would say that that was probably the biggest thing is they just don't realize what's outside of their normal realm because they haven't had anybody, you know, ex- show them that experience and, you know, show them, you know, outdoors or, or fishing or hunting that, you know, that would draw them to, to be able to witness some of those things. Yeah.
0: And well, that's well said. Um, yeah, I always say this is I'm not in the, um, you know, you only have one life to live and I'm not, uh, a huge advocate of a rerun of an episode of life of like going through the same motions and going right. through the same things through life. And, and that's the part where people you'll see around you, uh, they're, they're used to it. You know, and the things is that they, want, they wonder why there's such thing as, the, you know, depression. And there's the, like, the re, and even going on the word depression is like, it can mean a lot of different things. And there's legit, like actually diagnosis of that for like certain things that go on in their lives uh, that they can't uh, control. But the thing is, is, you look at other things where people get complacent, and they get comfortable, and they go into dark places because they're trying to look for something of substance. But the thing is, it's like, you like, people don't realize that like, you know, being able to, you know, get outside of your comfort zone the more you make your, your your mind work and your brain work to do new things and to learn new things and to have multiple variables. Because bass fishing itself, there's so many variables. It's almost like there's, you know, and, and not to even be biased towards just bass fishing than any other sport, but there's so many variables and there's, and, and there's so many things that take into account that your mind is always working and it's always processing and new information and just – weather patterns and, and just the, the spawn patterns and, you know, the structure of the lake and, you know, everything else and so forth. So you're, you're always staying like on your game and you're always thinking about things and it can go into other sports too, whether you're, you're racing, you know, enduro cross, motocross, different things where you're, you're constantly learning new things to keep your mind working. And that's where you're growing. And that's the part where I, I've had uh, people tell me when I getting into business, they're like, well, you need a you need a golf man. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I know there's a Tiger Woods somewhere deep down there. Don't worry, it's just like you know, exactly. and I, <laughs> he's hiding.
1: You'll, away. he's hiding down in there away. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, you know, here's the thing. I, I always, I, I say this, and I'm like, let's make a bet here. Let's make a bet. So you take these guys out golfing, okay? You have one day to take them golfing, and then right. I'll take them bass fishing the, the second day, and then afterwards, we'll see between the two experiences of whether they do business or whether the conversation's different or whether they're very ecstatic because, you know, they, they caught a lot of fish or they, they had a great experience out on the water and got to see some cool things. We'll see what the difference is between the two. And that's my point where it's like, people, everybody golfs and I'm not knocking on golf because I actually like golf because it's peaceful too, And that's one thing that yeah. there's a lot of similarities between the two sports, but when people all, everybody's used to golfing for a business leisure. And so The thing is, is like, nobody's going to go home and be like to their wife and be like, oh yeah, no, like golf, this golfing day was just awesome. Like, this is just like, you know, no, they're just gonna be like, yeah, no, I shot this. Yeah. Now I just, I totally screwed it up on this part. But no, when you take them bass fishing, they're going to be totally ecstatic. And the next thing you know, their wife's gonna be looking at them like, geez, like you really love this, don't you? And that's the difference. And that's the reason why, like, I, I think that having the outdoors there and golfing is still outdoors technically, but Having fishing there is also just a really cool thing and a cool tool to use in every area of life.
1: Well, it it is the one thing that I had noticed is, and like, and you're only, you know, I always say that hey, I'll try anything once, you know what I mean, and and you know, it's that figure of speech that a lot of people use, but I mean, if if you don't try, that's the only time you're uncomfortable, uh, you know, with that is the first time when you don't know what to expect a lot of times, you know, depend, no matter what you're doing, whether it's, you know, whether you're, you know, even something as simple as, you know, trying to drive through the city versus driving down through the country, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. even simple tasks, you, you're just naturally as a human uncomfortable the first time you're trying to do something. And, you know so it's like that when you're trying you know trying new activities whether it's golf or whether it's um you know whether it's fishing is because you don't know what to expect so in turn with that you know you get a little nervous and a little uncomfortable until you know until you've done it once and then at that point you know what to expect so it's like golf so i've you know, you know, you're either good or you're bad. You, you know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of, there's really no in between. You you can be an okay golfer, but you know, for if you're going to go, um, you know, and if you're, if you're a good golfer, you know what to expect, you're going to go out there and you're going to, you know, hit the ball well. And a lot of times guys play, you know, play the same course and, you know, it just gets repetitive at that point because nothing's really changing. You know, there's nothing that's really that, that different the holes look the same most of the time the only difference is is you know the hole might be in the front of the green or the back of the green there's not a huge difference the rest of the time yeah and so you know where the where you run into uh you know at that point you do I, I I think you get kind of stagnant and you lose a little bit of you know like the first time you play golf you're excited There, the like I mean even if something as simple as the first time you play a different course. So you play a course you've never played before. And I'm an avid golfer. I golf, you know, quite a bit. Um, I carry my golf clubs with me when I travel, we've got usually a group of us that, you know, that will during an off day. Now, with major league fishing, uh, we only fish one day and we have a day off and then we fish one day and have a day off. And if you make the cut, uh, and then you fish the rest of the weekend. But so we generally have an off day and, and uh, you know, there's a handful of us that will go play golf, but, uh and you know i'm a relatively decent decent golfer um but you know if i come if i'm home if I around the house and i'm gonna go golfing i know what to expect because i've played you know all the courses around here numerous times but when we go on the road and you're playing a different course every time it's a lot more enjoyable right so the thing with fishing is is it's constantly changing nothing's ever the same no matter what day it is it might be an hour later and it's not going to be the same (laughs) so it's it's constantly challenging you and and pushing you and making you do things that as as far you know different techniques and you know different throwing different lures and trying different things trying to get that bite you know and a lot of times just things you might not be comfortable with you know Mm -hmm. things that you don't have a lot of experience with. And, um, you know, but trying to figure out that puzzle is, is the, the biggest draw, uh, you know, one of the biggest draws to it. Cause you know, you just get that excitement every time cause you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, that, that's a, a huge draw to, to fishing for me, for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, I always tell most around me, um, they're young cause I mean, you, you look at some of these, uh, just like, the high school fishing guys and college fishing guys and, 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 you like, by knowing like guys that are in mainstream sports too, they're either in college football, high school football or basketball and so forth. I always say this is like, go try it, go try a ton, like tons of things. I'm not just saying like tons of career paths and stuff like that because really your main goal is to, you know, go professional in a sport. If you know, hopefully that's what your goal is. If you know what you got, but, uh, the thing is, is just to go try lots of things. And that's one thing that I've done. And that's the reason why I've created a, you know, the the brand of Enduro Sport is only because um, I tried so many multiple things that I was never just comfortable in just doing one thing. Like, and that's one thing about me is like, I like to go skiing. I like to go snowboarding. I mean, heck, I went like about 80 times one year just snowboarding. And, uh, you know, I'm big into cat skiing, hella skiing. um, Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. So I'm just a big junkie for, you know, the outdoors. And I've raced EnduroCross and raced some motocross, but mainly hair scrambles and the cross-country dirt biking side of things and snowmobiling right. snow biking you know kite surfing so forth but the thing is is like the reason why i did all those things was because i wanted to be able to put myself uh in an uncomfortable zone and right
1: you I mean, were ne- you were nervous as heck the first time you tried
0: <laughs> yeah no no yeah, i definitely was <laughs> yeah i was like because yeah. yeah when you're around other guys and and they're really good you know it, it makes you a little right. bit like discouraged but the thing is is like i started not because i'm like well, I felt like I'm living at this point. Like, I feel like I'm not just doing the same thing all the time. And don't get me wrong, I love the bass fish all the time. But I also like to do other things, too, which, which has been really cool to be able to add other things. That's why you golf, right? I mean, you like to always catch right, right. up and do multiple things because that's what keeps you alive and it keeps you living yeah. and, and doing different things.
1: Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, and I do the same thing, too. I I've, I've participate in all sorts of different sports and outdoor activities. I mean, from – camping hiking hunting and then you know under hunting there's a whole assortment of different types of hunting you know as far as what game you're gonna go after or whatever you know um so you know that and i i ski myself too i used to ski a ton when i was younger i'm not nearly as gutsy as i used to be um you you know i think that comes with the territory yeah Yeah, i'm just yeah exactly a little bit smarter now than i used to be but um man when i was younger we had a, a actually i uh, moved into a house that's right across the street from this little ski hill that we used to go to. Uh, I used to have season tickets there when I was younger, and um, and so I used to ski all the time. And I still do. I ski a few times a year, you know, my in-laws, and then will rent a they'll rent a uh, a place up north in northern Michigan and go up to one of the the bigger ski hills. I mean, I and I call them hills because it's nothing like what you're used to, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, they, you know, I, and I, I love, you know, I used to love, we used to go out to Park City uh, a couple of times. Um, That's a place. Dude. You know, yeah, man, it was incredible skiing out there. Um got some, I've got some pretty cool stories from out there. You know, one, you know, one time we got snowed in, so the avalanche went over the road, we couldn't leave where we were at. Yeah. Like to get back to, get back to our condo we were staying in. So we, like the resort ended up putting us in a room and, we had to take uh hop on a snow cat to get transported around because he couldn't go anywhere in a car. <laughs> but the next day was the most incredible powder day I've ever experienced in my life. Powder days, so, my
0: friend. Powder days. Yeah. That's, that's where it's at. That is where it's it at. It is. Yeah. It is yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's uh um I was telling I, I just had this conversation the other day. We we're talking about a. um because I, I go both ways with, with the skiing and snowboarding. So with the skiing, I, I learned how to ski when I was four years old on yeah. uh, Schweitzer Mountain up in Standpoint, Idaho. And uh, our mountains were like, I mean, we have so many mountains around us in Idaho, uh, about maybe 30 to 45 minutes in uh, like a radius, like, I mean, not bad at all. And uh, so I learned off that and then I started snowboarding around age 14 and then I ended up... Uh, just having a love for snowboarding only because it's like, okay, if you look at, you know, people knock snowboarding, snowboarders, because they're, you know, you see yeah. breeds of people that are snowboarders, but at the same time you have guys that are skiers that, uh, you know, you go to parks, you go to like places like Aspen or Vail, and you look at people and all it is, is like a fashion fest. It's like, these guys aren't even <laughs> like good skiers, right. you know, they, they just like, oh, we're yeah, sophisticated, oh yeah, we're yeah. skiers. And, I, and I'll I'll tell you this, this, this is like a, a funny thing is, when like, I was, uh, <laughs> I'm in New York, I'm at this restaurant in Manhattan next to Central Park, and I get out of this restaurant and I'm talking, I randomly strike up this conversation with this, this guy outside of this restaurant. And this restaurant's like where like some of the like Leonardo DiCaprio like eats at and everybody else, yeah, they're like actors and celebrities, whatever. And I didn't really know that until like afterwards. So then I like walk right. out and I'm talking to this guy. Next thing you know, he was like he was like, Oh yeah, where are you uh, he's like, Where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Idaho. And he's like, Oh, that's really cool. He's like, You're a long ways from home. I'm like, Yeah, I right now I live in Scottsdale, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm this is my first time ever in New York. And then one thing I had to tell right. you on a side note to New York is like you can walk around and go talk to a bunch of random people and everybody has a story, and everybody's like, you know, they'll either talk to you or they won't. And that's one thing there's big right. like, shooters. And so he was like, Yeah, no, I'm originally from Toronto. Um, but I, I live right across the street and so he lives like right next to Bezos and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I was like kind of putting two or two together. I was like, this guy is obviously doing something for himself, but then right. I was about to, he's like, yeah, no, we got to exchange numbers or whatever. And, uh, he's like, yeah, grab my wife's number and we'll connect and we'll grab a uh, drinks, whatever later on. I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, and then before I walked off, he's like, so do you, uh, wait one second, one second, do you snowboard? If you live in Idaho, you got to snowboard probably. I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, oh, dude, we're going to be good friends because I'm a big snowboarder myself. This is in New York.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's wild. That's yeah, a wild and, place to run into a snowboarder.
0: Yeah, and he was an executive. He's uh, one of the executives of IBM North America.
1: Oh, no, no kidding. Yeah, and so just. Yeah, I, that's pretty wild. You never th- know who you're going to meet, man. That's the crazy thing.
0: No. And the crazy part is, is that he's just like, you, you'll realize that you know, the whole thing with like skiing and snowboarding, not to go off on a whole tangent on the skiing snowboarding. So that could be a whole another hour <laughs> right. conversation. But uh, I would say that, you know, people are like, oh, well, you, know, you have that whole little thing where it's just like skiing and snowboarding are two different types of people. And really there's not because I've met executives of huge, you know, fortune 50 fortune 100 companies that are big snowboarders and people will never know yeah. that
1: right well, I don't think that I don't know why that ever started in the first place. You know what I mean, I think it was just like because when I started the first time first couple of times I went out to Park City, there was a couple of resorts out there that did not allow snowboards, like yeah. no snowboards whatsoever. I don't know, I mean, I'm sure they don't anymore, but um you know, and I haven't been back there and recently to know, but I mean that, that to me that was just at the time was just kind of how it was, like snowboarding was just looked upon as like secondary to skiing you know what i mean like it wasn't yep. a it wasn't a you know it's like they weren't even in the same class you know it was just like very you know kind of looked down upon if you were a snowboarder, which that's i mean not like you said nowadays you know everybody. You know, you just whatever you like to do, man, whatever gets you outside to, um, you know, to ex- experience life and just live a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's good with me, you know, and I have, and I I'm, I have snowboarded too. I still own a snowboard, you know, still own skis, but I don't snowboard near as well as I ski, so I tend to <laughs> ski a little more, but, um, you know, especially now, because the last thing I want to do is just catch an edge and, break my wrists on a snowboard yeah. so
0: yes good point there's
1: a good chance that would happen to me at this point having having yep. not snowboarded in so long so um i tend to stay away from the snowboards and just you know i i know i know my place on the on the snow hill now you know <laughs> like whereas when i was younger i used to you know be in the terrain parks with the you know hitting half pipes and jumps and rails and flips and you just all sorts of crazy stuff which um but now there's no way
0: (laughs) yeah I mean that's probably smart too I mean that's the thing is is like I I look at it like I being I was doing all types of stuff crazy stuff when I was younger too I actually created my own snowboarding crew uh called the method crew um which is kind of funny because I was like had my own little groupies together and we always did like slope style competitions uh a yeah, uh, yeah. local mountain and everything else big and half pipe competitions and rail jams. And I just was like, you know, I, I watched my buddy literally like rupture his spleen and ha- like literally do like messed his body up. So I'm like, yep, I'm pretty much done with that one. So I'm going to yeah, go and <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> do some uh, back country stuff now. And, and when you to, like, as uh, my dad's a, a business partner, we, we have uh two cat groomers, um, that we have access to at our place on the on the ski mountain, and so we uh, go cat skiing. So you know, once you do that, uh, you'll never really want to go to the terrain park anymore because it, like once you hit powder yeah. nonstop, I mean it's something where that it, sounds awesome. Oh, dude, it's just like I would say be like beyond fishing and hunting. I would say that snowboarding and just just riding never ending endless powder for hours is probably one of the the most blissful things that a person can ever do once you get really good at it or at least proficient enough to go through powder. Honestly, it's just, I don't know. I, I almost feel like I'm in it right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The first time, the first time you, uh, if you're not used to hitting powder, the first time you hit it, you will face plant. I guarantee it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but once you figure out kind of how to, it's like you, it's like you just float through it. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, you see, like, you don't even like really feel the bottom of it very, you know, very rarely, depending on how deep it is. You get that good powder where it's like waist deep, you're just floating the whole time, you know, and um, that's the, that's just, it is a a super cool feeling, Um, you know, and I, to be a hundred percent honest with you, haven't experienced a a powder day in quite some time because we don't get that where I'm at and the hills are too small. Um, so, I mean, if we, if we got powder here, like you would try to, you basically have to use your skis as snowshoes because the hills are not quite steep enough to get you enough speed to go through any of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so.
1: Oh, well, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is it, talking about the skis versus snowboard is when you're, when you're cat skiing or even when you're hell skiing, it not matter either one, but it, powder skis are probably the best choice unless you have a split board, uh, snowboard. Uh, Just because the thing is, is like you get yourself in some trouble if you don't have people with you uh, when you stop or if you wreck or a tree slows you down or whatever with snowboard, because when you're you're in bindings, you're in a board, you can't snowshoe your way out if you don't have a split board. So powder skis uh, are pretty much like, like if somebody has powder skis and they knock on snowboarding. I pretty much like give them a hard time. I mess with them. Cause I'm like, technically you're trying to be a snowboarder because powder skis are pretty much a snowboard. <laughs>
1: so, right. Yeah. You got two, you just wearing two snowboards instead of one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. And I also said this too. I'm like, Japan has been a big, a big thing on my list uh, at some point. Um, I really want to do like a, uh, a film shoot here. Uh, not this winter, but next winter um, in Japan for a girl sport. But um the thing is is that they don't they don't ski powder they 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 stay away from powder in japan so that's the reason why most of all those cool films besides uh canada uh are in japan because nobody in japan Mm -hmm. will even touch powder they hate powder they only do groom runs which is like perfect for americans sweet right yeah more powder for us (laughs) touch powder to us you know yeah right <laughs> there's nothing
1: better than, than pulling up and having there not be a single line down the powder. yeah you know what i mean yeah there's really nothing better than that but a side note man japan i heard has some of the most incredible tackle shops mm. that you've ever seen
0: yes i've heard that yeah
1: i'd like to go one these days but i would probably spend way too much money like i hope to like i really hope that when we go there or, and I'm hopefully I get the chance at some point, you know, to go there and and kind of see all that uh all that stuff. But you know, I hope that when that happens, that like the exchange rate between our dollar and their dollars really high because I will spend way too much money in tackle <laughs> and some of that some of that JDM stuff that you can get there is is really really good and um and it's, but it, I would just have a hard time not buying everything I saw.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one one thing people don't also realize is when they get into fishing, uh, hopefully you have a good old, the uh, five, 10, 15, 20, 25% or unless they're just good friends with you. And they can, they just raid your tackle boxes. But that's what I do with Brandon right, all the right. time. I, I just go in there and I'm like, go back home and I'm like, Hey Brandon. And he's like, what do you want? I'm like, yeah. you already know, man. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come over and hang out for a little bit. And he, he already knows what, what that entails. <laughs> yeah. So I'm about yeah. to start like, like-
1: yeah. <laughs> in his mind he's like dude just stay out of my big swim bait box and that's know, exactly else, what he says whatever <laughs> else you need you're good man just stay out of my swim bait box you
0: know <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember uh when i was uh i did my senior senior project in high school of being a professional bass angler and that's what kind of kicked me off in the college fishing but um you know the teacher said this on the last couple podcasts too but uh my teachers were like yeah no like professional bass fishing like you're not going to do that like who do you like that's not even a career and i'm like well i'm gonna show you that it is a career for one and for two it's like i got the resources of the people to be able to go shadow so i'm gonna go and uh you know hang out with my buddy brandon he's like a big brother to me and you know my dad was his mentor uh growing up and everything else and he was just a big brother to me all my life and so i was like brand i was like hey Brandon, he's like can i come over and do this he's like yep yep let's do it and so i go to placa florida and on st john's and uh, you know, I'm staying in the house. And I think I was staying in the house with Ish, Ike. Um, I think Fletcher might have been in there too, on top of it. And then uh, Trait and Chris Aldane and John Cruz. And so I'm, um, I'm like, I'm there fishing, and like, cause they were on a lake, a uh, little private pond Great. thing there. And um, oh nice. Oh yeah. And so I was out there, and they were spawning too. So I was like, oh, this is even perfect. I'm. Uh, this is in January. And I'm just like, I'm just oh, yeah, exactly. out here. So then on top of it, the moral of the story is talking about raiding his tackle boxes is like, that was the first time that I was like, it, Brandon's a hoarder. Like he hoards every single thing in his, in his truck. And Tiffany's like, uh, his, his girlfriend, he's like, she's like, yeah, you need to take some of this stuff. Cause he cannot get rid of it because he thinks he needs all <laughs> of it. And he doesn't need any of it. He only uses like maybe, uh, like a quarter of all the stuff he has. So I'm like, all right, perfect. That just gives right. me. The, the green light to take some of his stuff and it happened to be a swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right though. I mean,
1: tip sounds just like my wife because my wife says the same thing. I've got a whole, like, I've got a, a bar, a barn that's separated from my house. It's not a huge barn. Like, I mean, I can't fit my boat in there, but I've got, you know, I've got a side by side. Cause I've got some property that we deer hunt and stuff like that. So I've got a little side by side in there and I got all my fish and tackle in there. And I mean, I, same thing all my buddies come over whenever they they're getting ready to leave for a tournament or something or they or they need some lures and usually what happens is is more of the story is 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 my wife says hey you need to clean up all this stuff you have in there because there's no possible way that you need all of it and like reorganize it so at that point like usually it's like midway through the season when I've just like rummaged through things trying to find what I needed for the tournaments and it looks like a bomb went off in there and I'm like, okay, it's time to organize this. So then what, you know, then what I do is I'll just call up a couple of buddies like, Hey, you guys need a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, you come over and help me organize this stuff, man. And I'll, you'll leave with a whole box full of lures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't beat that. I mean, it just, you, you look at the, the cost of, I mean, and that's the one thing I compare it to like, I mean, people are talking about golf. I'm like, You think golf's expensive? I'm like, oh yeah, go yeah. Try going to fishing and seeing what one lure is. I try to tell people this, I'm like, one lure. I mean, it is I mean, you talk about a good crankbait, okay, whether whatever that crankbait is, I mean, there's cheap ones that can run at, you know, whatever, seven, eight bucks. And there's expensive ones that can go up to sixty. I mean, even more than that. It depends on like what brand it is and where it comes from. So I mean, those Japanese lures are not cheap. So uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, I mean you lose one of those things to a pike northern pike or a musky oh, yeah. or you get snagged yeah. on the bottom or on log you you almost want to i've, I've actually went jumped out of my boat went swimming for one because i i literally had a gancraft and like another swim bait that i like oh, i spent no. all the money on and i snagged, yeah. it snagged on like a cable line i'm like all right well i had a fit guy on the on the boat You're going in Had my goggles <laughs> and my snorkel man so I'm, I'm gonna go down yeah. there and grab this damn you thing you just keep one in your just in case like keep, <laughs> yeah. a, keep
1: some snorkels and a, like some fins a mask yeah, and, yeah. You know, just just in case i get snagged on my on this big swim bit i got here well no that's the that's the truth though man all the fun hobbies are expensive it doesn't matter what
0: it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh and kind of uh switching a little bit gears here. What's your experience? Uh, cause I know that you competed within the Bassmaster late series, uh, prior to being on the MLF. Now, uh, what's your, what's been a, your experiences so far of being on a new circuit?
1: It's been interesting. You know, it's, uh, we've definitely, um, so the interesting part about it, or guess, like one of the, the, you know, very, um, I guess I don't really know how to describe one of like the very one of the features of the, the leagues and stuff that really drew me to major league fishing was the fact that, um, you know, as anglers, we are making a, a lot of the decisions on kind of how some of the tournaments are run and stuff like that, which, um, you know, in the past we weren't able to do. Um, so that was very, uh, you know, and then it was, at the same time, it was just, it was, The, just the fact of the format being different was uh, a big draw as well, just because, I mean, it's, it'd been in the same, you know, I'd I'd fished the Bassmasters, you know, the Elite Series for 10 years prior to that. So it was, and it was getting to like a, um, like we had been to the same places so many times and like just, I was just, you know, I needed to hit like a refresh button. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like as much as I love fishing and I love the thrill of the tournaments and, and, and just, you know, just trying to figure out the puzzle every day as, as much as I love that, like, and, you know, especially now that I have a wife and, and you know, two kids, like eventually it just kind of wears on you a little bit and you're mm-hmm. like, you need something that just gives you like a little refresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. like you, the, It's like the passion's not gone. It's just, it just needs something just to like kind of spark it back up, get it fired back up, you know, and that was what that, you know, like, you know, major league fishing hit at just the right time to when, you know, that was, that was uh, just, it was the spark that I needed, um, you know, going forward in my career to, you know, to, to try to keep moving and, and try to keep lifting myself to the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it needed, it needed like a little, I needed like a little kick. You know, I felt like it was, I was getting to the point where like I was just going through the motions, you know?
0: Yeah. You don't want that.
1: No, you don't want that. And I, and I, I, I definitely didn't want that, you know? So, and, and like I said, it's not that I didn't have the passion for it. It's just that, you know, some of the stuff got repetitive and you know, a lot of it was just, um, you know, I, as anglers, there, there was a lot of things that happened that we felt like, you know, we were being taken advantage of at the time and, you know, and we were. So, I mean, when that happens and when you're trying to make a living and, you know, when you're doing what you love, but at the same time, you know, and you're trying to do every, everything you can to help the sport and to help, um, you know, and to help the growth of it. But then at the same time, you feel like you're, you know, being taken advantage of in certain certain ways, it it's it definitely wears on you, and you need something to kind of you know kind of light that fire again a little bit. It's not that it burns out; it's just that it you know kind of simmers down a little bit. You know, you need to throw another log on that fire, and you're <laughs> good to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a good point there of where you, you just get having that little kick and push to keep things, you know, different and, you know, not doing that rerun of the episode, like I said earlier, I mean, that's nobody wants that. And that's the one thing is, is that you, uh, nobody really understands until they're in the angler's shoes being, you know, like doing it for some time. And then, you know, there's, there's things that all you guys need and there's, everybody has different goals and different visions for themselves. And, and the thing is, is like, you know, you got to do what's, what's right for you and what's right for the sport. And I honestly think that like, I mean, seeing like the, you know, the whole, the whole like controversy with the whole like with bass and the MLF and everything else. And I'm like, I honestly, for me doing everything, I, I like watching both personally. I mean, I think that's yeah. just, it makes the sport interesting. And some people uh, still, I mean, you look at not like, I feel like as anglers, you know, I think it's a different viewpoint, but it's about literally what people that are watching think of, you know what I'm saying? The people that are just coming into the sport. Yeah. that don't know anything of the sport. It's not about the people that have been watching bass for, you know, for the last like twenty years or 15, and well, you know,
1: the one thing I will say on that is that I never understood, and and I am saying this as a fan of the sport, not as a participant. Um, as a fan of, of, and and trust me, I, I am a fan. I watch. You know, I watch live coverage when I can. I watch, I DVR <laughs> every tournament. I don't care if it's FLW, if it's Bass, <laughs> if it's MLS. I DVR all of them and I watch all of them. And um, man, as, as a fan of the sport, it was very sad for me to see the division that was between, you know, between our fans. You know, I guess the division between uh, to, between us of as far as, you know, there's, in my mind, like I said, I watch all of them. I, you know, there's no sides in this, you know, like if, I mean, if you're a fishing fan, then, you know, I mean, I, yeah, it's, is MLF a different format? It is no doubt about that. It's not what people are used to. Um But man, there was just like such a backlash of like diehard people just mad at the world about that, you know? And and that was just, it was just kind of sad for me to see because as a fan, I'm like, oh, well, do I want more fishing shows? Heck yeah, I do? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, you, do I want to be able to watch different, you know, different, uh, you know, a couple different styles and stuff? And, you know, I mean, yeah. You know, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. It just gave me like another, another, you know, another thing to follow really, which I thought was great. But, you know, I don't know. It was, there was just like, yeah and there still is a little bit of of division within our sport in the fans uh, uh, between bass and MLF, and yeah. to me, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand it as a fan of the sport myself. I follow both. you know what I mean yeah
0: and, and i that's... don't
1: have and, and i and I've lived both, I don't have any any hard feelings or regrets with anything I've done you know or or with anybody uh with the either organization. Mm-hmm. You know they they and those they both have great platforms they've you know they both elevated um, you know they've honestly elevated each other to a higher level yeah um, so I don't know as a fan you know it's just it's just disappointing to see um, you know but I think it's you know I still think it's awesome because this just allows me to see some more uh, you know some more cool cool fishing shows and and check out some tournaments and see some competition you know i mean and and learn from
0: some of the best anglers in the world it's just another avenue that,
1: exactly. you know for me as it i think it's awesome
0: yeah no it is and that's uh you know it's just everybody looks at, i was just watching the uh Joe Rogan and uh Kevin Hart uh podcast last night and i big fan of Kevin Hart but uh he uh you know he he was talking and this is one thing i was like it's funny he's saying this because i've had this conversation multiple times about people uh, are are looking at negativity now as a new end like it's just as like you know you have people literally that well like they 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 feed off of it they feed off negativity yeah want to be all it's all the, the negative negativity has been the new end nowadays and i don't understand it because like fishing is you know, obviously, you know, with FLW and Bass, like that was before obviously all the social media came into the game to where I'm sure there was a lot of drama with that. But it eventually blows over. But the thing is, is like now that we have right. social media, we have to make sure that we're using it the right way. And because the thing is, is like everybody's going to be seeing that. And that's the last thing you want is to be able to now make something that's that is open arms and such a loving community and a family right. look like it's not anymore and it's just like any other sport, which then will also – pretty much take people away from it to where they don't even want to be watching it anymore because they're like, well, this is not like what I expected. This is not, this is not what, you know, I've expected out of these guys where I've actually thought this was something better to watch and something better to be a part of rather than other sports that do have that. It's always been a thing. And there's so much controversies. There's so much politics, religious stuff, you right. know, prejudice things. And, and this is the one, this is one of the very few sports that, you don't have that, and for people to bring that in and bring, you know, and to be able to leave their dirty shoes on and walk all over it, it is just a total yeah. you know, disgrace to the sport.
1: It's disappointing, man. And that that is one of the the biggest things with you know with this whole MLF and bass thing was just how some fans handled it, it was was just very it was just very disappointing because you know as an angler and and you know, as an outdoorsman and a fan and, you know, we, I just feel like outdoorsmen in general uh, and, and, you know, and fishing fans, hunting fans, you know, so often do, do, you know, and myself personally, like we hold ourselves at a higher level in in of responsibility when it comes to, you know, conservation, a number, you know, a lot of different, things where we so we can take care of um you know this you know the the resources that we enjoy you know partaking in so and i I just feel like as sportsmen, we always hold ourselves to such a high level and and I always you know always strive to uh you know anyways, always doing the right thing, always looking out for each other, um trying to take care of our resources, doing as much as we can to. Uh, you know kind of keep this family connected and to keep the sport alive uh, you know because there's constantly people trying to take it every day you know and and uh you know and and that's what we have to continue to do you know there's just there's no way around it whether you like um you know whether you like mlf or bass or or whatever it might be that doesn't matter man and and then the you know, at the end of the day, we're all just sportsmen. We're all out there because we enjoy the same thing. You know, we we are. You know, I always say, um, you know, when I meet a really good friend or, or somebody that I know, someone I meet for the first time that I know is going to be a really good friend. I'm like, man, this this guy's going to be a good dude. You know, he he's one of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you get your group. You get your group of friends like you know like that. You 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 have somebody. You know, lot and a lot of times it's really hard to get into something, you know, to, especially like a tight knit community, kind of like, you know, but, but everyone shares the same passion, you know, we all look out for each other, you know, we all, we all are, you know, the one of us type, you know, we're all, we're all the same. We need to look out. So, I mean, it's just, we need to as sportsmen continue to, you know, not let, uh, you know, in, in a, especially in a world of negativity nowadays, like you're saying, not let the, any sort of division, you know, come between us. Cause you know, when it comes down you know, to the end of the day, we're all just uh, you know, we're all just each other. Basically. We all love the same things. We all have the same passions and, and regardless of, of what your viewpoints are uh, or any of that, you know, we're all there for the same reasons.
0: Yep. And that's a, uh, that is the truth right there. And I, I had a, podcast yesterday with uh, CJ Proseis, uh one of the running backs of the Seahawks and uh, been a long time friend of mine. And he was telling me that the, the Seahawks culture is uh, for their team is phenomenal where there's no like clicky groupy type stuff, but he also sees things within, and this is obviously a different world obviously, but uh, you know, he yeah. sees teams that everybody is just in their own little click groups and they don't associate themselves with anybody else, which I'm like, how is that a good team atmosphere here? I'm like totally confused. Right. I'm like, Shouldn't, shouldn't like somebody who's on a team be like a, like hanging around each other, mentoring like the rookies and making sure they're good, make sure they they take care of their finances, right. make sure that they make the right, right. decisions, so they're not on TMZ tomorrow and, you know, it ruins their career and their coach ends up letting them go because it's like, a, you know, it's a disgrace to, you know, the franchise name. And so it just is like, I don't. I never really understood that, but he told me that. Obviously, it's just like it's the NFL. Obviously, I mean, you got to think about it this way. I mean, you have a lot more publicity, and things get to your head. But the one thing about bass fishing is like bass fishing will only continue to grow. I mean, it's in the infant stage, comparable to mainstream sports, obviously. But I say infant stage only because it's like you know, with this brand, that the brand that I'm building for in girl sport, I I'm going to, and this is what I'm setting out to do. is not just fishing; it's other outdoor sports too, but. I, I will bring a lot more traffic to the sport of fishing and that has been my mission and I'm already on the, the path to do it. And as the thing is, is like, you know, as it gets bigger, you know, hopefully it doesn't end up losing the, you know, the point of, of, you know, what fishing is all about and, and what you just said exactly. earlier, you know what I'm saying? Cause the thing is, is the bigger you get, the bigger an organization gets, the more publicity you get. The more people get egos, the more it clouds people. The more they're like, "Hey, I'm just a man," and I no longer care about you know helping that little kid over right. here and, help, and teaching him how to fish and to be able to you know be a little selfless within your career. And that's the part where I, I would hate to see it go that direction. But you can't stop something when it when it goes that direction, right? I mean, it just is inevitable,
1: right? Um, and you're always gonna yeah, that. you know, no, exactly. You know, one of those things you know that I've always said and I've heard um you know and i'm and i 'm friends with you know like i said a, a number of football players and stuff too, like uh well former football players, but kind of one of the things is is in with life in general and and not just professional athletes and but this I heard it from um from professional athlete Willie young actually is who it was he doesn't i don't think he plays anymore but um former detroit orange chicago bear um and he told me at one point he's like man you know you just gotta you gotta work harder work harder and work harder because no matter what you're doing there's always someone else that's pushing themselves as hard as they can to try to take your job Mm -hmm. so that's I mean and that that holds true no matter what you're doing in their life there's always somebody that's trying to push themselves as hard as as hard as they can to be the best that they can to you know as to try to take your job you know what i mean exactly. so you you gotta you gotta keep keep pressing on keep working as hard as you can you know to keep your job
0: you know um, what i mean no i know 100 percent my friend yeah that's uh that right there is what i i even tell the guys within you know the in girls' sport i'm just like hey you know there's like i said it, it's not, nothing the work is never done You know, and the thing is, it's like the work is never done. It doesn't matter what you're in, what sport you're in, what business profession, what career. It doesn't matter. It's just like if if you're not putting in the hours, you're not putting in, you know, the efficiency within those hours and really going after what you want, you're not going to get it. You know, you're just not. You're you're always going to set up mediocre. You're going to be sitting here thinking and reflecting back on, geez, like, what did I do? And really, I could tell you what you didn't do. You know, it's what you didn't do. And so that's the thing is, is where it's just that's that is where it's at right there
1: there's no easy way out. And if you're, if you're going to succeed, you know, and be the best that you can be at what you're doing, there's no, there's no easy road. No,
0: no, there's not. And that's one thing that I, I felt that and my dad will say the same thing. And I give that guy credit more than ever. And I wish that every guy, especially you could ever like, even have a chance in, to meet him, uh, probably end up setting up a, a hunt in Idaho with, with, with you and him. Cause he's like a, he's like an elk. I swear. He's like literally, the like I swear he's an animal when he's hunting. Like I I don't understand it. Uh, I, you can even ask Brandon too. I'm just like this he's guy's- one of those
1: guys. That's like you see him, you know. Like I've met some of those guys too. Like going out west mule deer hunting and stuff. That they're the guides, you know. And, they, and they're like you know a little older. They they don't look like they're in the greatest shape. And then like you've been training. For this hunt and then they will just flat whip you up and down the mountain one side to the other, you know? <laughs> I yeah. know those types of guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's uh I I tell some guys around me they're big business guys and and I'm like they're like, geez, so he owns six companies and he's one of the top real estate developers in Idaho. And you're telling me that this guy's out there in the middle of nowhere with barely like no cell phone service and literally like two days pack packing in with horses. And he puts himself out danger like that. I'm like, yeah, you won't understand. I'm telling you, I never, right. I still don't understand to this day, but the thing is, you know, you know why he does it. it is because he, he, there's, there's, there's the experience that he gets from it that keeps him going and it helps in every other area of his life. And that's one thing I tie back into fishing and, and hunting and outdoors is because you learn a whole nother thing of discipline and deferred gratification with it. It's you learn that it's not about catching fish. It's not about killing animals or getting that trophy to take a photo on and post it to the gram on. And it's not about, you know, you winning that, that dirt bike race or whatever it is. It's all about just being out there and doing it because the thing is, is like, you're not like you now get the meaning of life. You get to, you get the understanding of yep. that you do, you, you apply that to whatever profession that you're in. And that's the part where it's like, you wonder why these guys do so well in, in business. It's not because they're just some sm- the smartest guy on planet earth. It's because they're doing other things to where they, they're understanding what life is about. And the thing is, is, like, they know that it takes a lot of work and sometimes you don't, you don't get it right away. And that's the thing is, is where I've learned that from fishing. Trust me. I like, and you do too. I know this because this is like your, your bread and butter. This is your career. This is what you live and breathe. And the thing is, is like when you drive, like I remember like my first tournament, uh, when I went to the Kentucky Lake from, and I was at Eastern Washington my first year. And I'm, I'm, you know, traveling about 32 hours to Kentucky Lake from the state of Washington. And I go all the way over there, have boat problems. And, you know, with the boat, they always say break out another thousand. And I was on a 1995, oh, yeah, yeah. 1995 Ranger. And I'm like, geez, a grand in here, that's about, that's about a, you know, an eighth of what the boat's worth, you know. So I'm just like, okay. All right, well that happens, and then I do horrible fishing because I'm not—I wasn't used to the the type of fishing of just the ledge fishing and everything else that we don't really have on the West Coast really that often. So, uh, yeah. but then you have to drive all the way back home after a, a, a bad tournament, and you know there's great tournaments things <laughs> that were won, but there's also bad tournaments, and then you're having that come to Jesus yeah. tournament Where you're like, wow. Yeah,
1: thirty-two hours of thinking about what you messed up. Yes. <laughs> or what you could have yes. done better. You and know? I remember that yeah, like I yesterday. That's good,
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's a, it's just a humbling, it's humbling when you can do all those things and it, you know, you, you, it builds character. And I think that there's a, yeah. a lot of things with other sports that, you know, the guys that come out of sports, whether you go professional or not, um, you, you, you just builds character. And if you can really hone into it and understand what it, what it did for you, and, it, it like, I didn't ever look at the, the tournaments that I won. I mean, the things that I was on ESPN for, right. For you know, I, it was cool to be able to win a, a college tournament on Folsom Reservoir on the Bassmaster Leaf Series stage when they're fishing the Sacramento River. But the things is, like, for me, right. it's like I don't ever look back on that and think that was the best moment. I think the best moments were when I did really horrible and I'm having that 32-hour drive back home.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, you you remember more – from your defeats than you ever will from your victories.
0: Yeah. Amen to that one, you know, amen to that one. And uh, just a little bit of a closing here. Um, What would be your advice to guys in other sports um, that could be listening um, of what the sport of bass fishing can do, whether it's on a recreational level or on the professional level? Um, What would your advice be to those guys wanting to get into it?
1: Uh, You know, the biggest thing is with, with it, as it pertains to other sports, is bass fishing is one of the most mentally challenging sports out there. Um, you know, constantly you're constantly thinking of what you need to be doing, what you know, what the and stuff's constantly changing. So you're making yourself make, uh, you know, making yourself adapt and making yourself make changes. Uh, based on the conditions and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, for other sports, so not only does it help challenge your, you know, your mental strength and help condition some of that, uh, which which can most definitely be applied into other sports, but at the same time, it also, um, you know, can just give you a point of relaxation too. You know, it's an, an escape where you can get, get on the water, um, you know, you can get away from people and the world and, you know, the, everything that's going on and just concentrate on fishing and just, you know, having some, having some self-reflection time, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's good. No, I think that, uh, it's well said on that. Cause I mean, the sport of fishing can, and overall the outdoors, um, you know, and understand cause you probably taken the guys out in different worlds and, just to see what it can do for them. And it's just, uh, it's like one of those things is that it puts a smile on your face when you can be able to just see what it can do for them. And yeah, most of the time, uh, the not that people literally will end up taking it on and wanting to do a lot with it. And so the thing is, it's like, and I'd be shocked if somebody that went on a bass boat and got to see what it really was and, and caught fish or whether they did or not, just even just being on the boat with like, a partner or you know a couple guys to where you're just having a good time good laughs good memories and you know that will live on with you forever regardless if you're trying to go professional or not just even on a recreational level it's just as good yep yeah no
1: doubt about that i mean some of the best experiences i've ever had have been on the water and they you know not during tournaments or, or nothing just with friends just hanging out you know some of the most memorable things are are uh Usually when
0: you least expect it, when you're just going for fun. Yeah, that's true. Um, If people don't already follow you, Jonathan, uh, where can they find you on social media?
1: Check out my Instagram and Facebook. Um, It's just at Jonathan Van Dam. And uh, I've also got a website too, uh, jvdfishing.com. And working on getting some of my YouTube stuff up and going. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm a little behind on it. There's no doubt about that. You know, like you know, a lot of guys have some really cool stuff going and um, doing lots of uh, lots of cool videos and that type of thing. And and uh, you know, I'm trying to play catch up. So I'm going to be getting some of that stuff going here this next season too. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Kind of um, invested. I'm going to invest some more time into that type of thing, some more behind the scenes uh, lifestyle type stuff, and and
0: uh, it's, gonna, it's gonna be a fun year for sure. That's awesome, yeah. So you guys uh, go follow Jonathan. He has uh, a lot of great things on the horizon for himself, and this is just the beginning. Even though you've been you've been in it for a little while now, but it's uh, I'm excited to see where where the journey takes you, and uh, you know, keep my eyes out on you, and to really uh, see all the great things there are to come. So appreciate you coming on the podcast, brother. It means a lot.
1: Yeah, man, not a problem, dude. I appreciate it. Just holler at me anytime.
0: I'd love to be back. All righty. We'll talk soon. All right, both. Yeah. Have a good one, man. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Lost Trip Show. If you enjoyed listening, go subscribe to my channel so you can stay updated on our new shows that will drop every week. We look forward to bringing much more successful professionals on the show to get to know their story and bring inspiration and the key tools you can develop for yourself to crush your goals and level up in your lives.